Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue on through Genesis in chapter 47. When we left off, the family had been reunited and Joseph was preparing them to meet Pharaoh, which happens as we continue in verse 1. Then Joseph went to see Pharaoh and told him, My father and my brothers have arrived from the land of Canaan. They have come with all their flocks and herds and possessions, and they are now in the region of Goshen. Joseph took five of his brothers with him and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked his brothers, What is your occupation? They replied, We, your servants, are shepherds, just like our ancestors. We have come to live here in Egypt for a while, for there is no pasture for our flocks in Canaan. The famine is very severe there, so please, we request permission to live in the region of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now that your father and brothers have joined you here, choose any place in the entire land of Egypt for them to live. Give them the best land of Egypt. Let them live in the region of Goshen. And if any of them have special skills, put them in charge of my livestock too. Then Joseph brought in his father, Jacob, and presented him to Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. How old are you? Pharaoh asked him. Jacob replied, I have traveled this earth for 130 hard years, but my life has been short compared to the lives of my ancestors. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh again before leaving his court. So Joseph assigned the best land of Egypt, the region of the Ramesses, to his father and his brothers, and he settled them there, just as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided food for his father and his brothers in amounts appropriate to the number of their dependents, including the smallest children. So here we have Joseph who presented his family to Pharaoh and they, he brings five of his brothers with him when he meets with Pharaoh to introduce the family the first time. And five is the number of grace. And he presents them before the throne as if they are fine, outstanding men. Just like Jesus presents us to God faultless before him on the throne because we are washed white and have no condemnation because of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. In, they end up living in the region of Goshen, which is in northeast Egypt, and it it's actually ends up closer to the promised land for them. And they received this grace and land when they received this gift. And continuing on in verse 12, Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up, and people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. So whenever it says meanwhile in the Bible, I like to pay attention because it's with God, there's always a meanwhile. He's working in the background. So I think of that every time I see that word meanwhile. In verse 14, by selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan, and he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone, they cried. Please give us food or we will die before your very eyes. Joseph replied, Since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. In exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys, Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended, and the next year then came again, and said, We cannot hide the truth from you, my lord. Our money is gone, and all our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your, your very eyes? 
Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die, and so the land does not become empty and desolate. So Joseph brought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. All the Egyptians sold him their fields because the famine was so severe, and soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. As for the people, he made them all slaves, from one end of Egypt to the other. The only land he did not buy was the land belonging to the priests. They received an allotment of food directly from Pharaoh, so they didn't need to sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Look, today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with seeds so you can plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one-fifth of your crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed for your fields and as food for you, your households, and your little ones. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please you, my lord, to let us be Pharaoh's servants. So Joseph then issued a decree, still in effect in the land of Egypt, that Pharaoh should receive one-fifth of all the crops grown in his land. Only the land belonging to the priest was not given to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. God's up to something. There they acquired property, and they were fruitful, and their population grew rapidly. Jacob lived for 17 years after his arrival in Egypt, so he lived 147 years in all. At the time of his death, when it drew near, Jacob called for his son Joseph and said to him, Please do me this favor. Put your hand under up my thigh and swear that you will treat me with unfailing love by honoring this last request. Do not bury me in Egypt. When I die, please take my body out of Egypt and bury me with my ancestors. So Joseph promised, I will do as you ask. Swear that you will do it, Jacob insisted. So Joseph gave his oath, and Jacob bowed humbly at the end of his bed. So Joseph is saving the country. He has he has given them a way to live and still use their land by giving him this seed so that they can still work their land. They just have to give Pharaoh some of it back. And it's honestly a lot less than a lot of the taxes that are paid. And he blesses the people, but he also saves them. He's just so full of grace and mercy. And in chapter 48, it continues, One day, not long after this, word came to Joseph, Your father is failing rapidly. So Joseph went to visit his father, and he took him with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. So Joseph arrived, and Jacob was told, Your son Joseph has come to see you. So Joseph gathered up all his strength and sat up in his bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me, he said. I will make you fruitful and multiply your descendants. I will make you a multitude of nations and I will give this land of Canaan to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. Now I am claiming as my own sons these two boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born here in the land of Egypt before I arrived. They will be my sons just as Reuben and Simeon are. But any children born to you in the future will be your own, and they will inherit land within the territories of their brothers Ephraim and Manasseh. 
Long ago, as I was returning from Padan Aram, Rachel died in the land of Canaan. We were still on the way, some distance from Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So with great sorrow, I buried her there beside the road to Ephrath. Then Jacob looked over at the two boys. Are these your sons, he asked. Yes, Joseph told him, these are the sons God has given me here in Egypt. And Jacob said, bring them closer to me so I can bless them. Jacob was half blind because of his age and could hardly see. So Joseph brought the boys close to him and Jacob kissed and embraced them. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children too. Joseph moved the boys, who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim toward Jacob's left hand, and with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand, because Manasseh was the oldest. But Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boy's head. He put his right hand on the head of Ephraim though he was the younger boy, and his left hand on the hand of Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. So we got a little bit crisscrossed here. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm going to go ahead and pause. So he crisscrossed his arms, which is familiar for this family, where the oldest gets mixed up with the youngest, and the youngest gets mixed up with the oldest, and they have this continuous thing going on between the youngers being blessed. And I'm going to back up a little bit. The So 147 years old, he is 147 years old, and God's promise is still at the midst of his heart. His heart is still on the promise and the covenant and the promised land that God promised him. And they are the, these two boys. These two boys are born in Egypt, and we already have the 12 boys, um, our descendants and the tribes of Israel, but now there's two more added. So now there's 14 boys that he's saying, these two boys are included in the inheritance. They will have a full portion of the inheritance and be a part of this covenant. So now we, now we have 14 boys. And even in death, he's looking forward to the promises of God. Even in death, he keeps looking forward. And the one thing I want to point out is when he was talking about the covenant, there's one thing he left out of the covenant. The part where it says, you will be a blessing to all nations, all inclusive nations. He's forgetting a piece of the calling there in the in the promise. And God is about unity and um, Jesus is about unity. And in Christ, we are one and there's equality and unity in the heart of Jesus. And there's no place for racism or putting one person above another. Jesus is a very equality-centered person. And he is a God who believes in equality. And he is saying that that this blessing, this covenant, is supposed to be a blessing for all nations, for all people. Jesus died on the cross for every single one of us, not just Jewish or Gentile or anything in between. Every single one of us, he died on the cross for us. And then we leave off with the blessing is coming from Jacob onto these two boys of Joseph's and they're, they're crisscrossed. So we have the age flip again. The oldest and youngest are getting flipped. So then he continues with the blessing in verse 15. 
Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they persevere in my name, in the names of Abraham and Isaac, and may their descendants multiply greatly throughout the earth. And he, I like how he says, through it all, God has been my shepherd. Through the, when he was a deceiver and when he was deceived, when he tricked his brother and when he became morally upright, God was through every single minute of it. When he was missing his son Joseph for all those years, God was with him through every single minute. In verse 17, But Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. No, my father, he said, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. I know, my son, I know, he replied. Manasseh will also become a great people, but his younger brother will become even greater. And his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with this blessing. The people of Israel will use your names when they give the blessing. They will say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Jacob said to Joseph, Look, I am about to die, but God will be with you. And will take you back to Canaan, the land of your ancestors, and beyond what I have given your brothers. I am giving you an extra portion of the land that I took from the Amorites with my sword and bow. So he gives his blessing and he assures Joseph that this is what's going to happen. And there's still the issue of now there's 14 boys. And often Joseph isn't mentioned in the list of the tribes of Israel. In Ephraim and Manasseh replaced Joseph essentially, but that still leaves 13. And part of that is the Levi tribe ends up being the priests and they don't really get the land because they work in the tabernacles. So they aren't included in the land divisions. So it still kind of ends up working out, but there is actually 14 for a minute here. And that concludes chapters 47 and 48. So we'll continue on tomorrow with 49. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.